Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch community, and welcome to episode 119 of the 167 podcast. I'm Shannon Patterson, the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church. And as always, I'm with my good friend, our media pastor, Josh Harrell. Hey, Josh. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? It's going good. Now I'm too loud. You are there. Well, this is our second iteration of today's episode (laughs) because at first Josh was talking, we're like, we can't hear you. So after much button pushing, we figured it out. Something was just unplugged. Just kicked something over. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, better. Yeah. 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 Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that, yeah. that yeah. yeah, that's better. Sounds good. So, um, <laughs> we have recovered from Journey Weekend. Yes. It was so great. It was a busy week. It because it yeah. was Monday through t- Tuesday worrying about Journey and Ash Wednesday. And then Thursday morning, you go, all right, mm-hmm. all hands on deck for Journey. And then Journey starts. And then Saturday Sunday. night, you mm-hmm. go, oh, Oh, we have Sunday. <laughs> we have worship tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we had staff meeting. And then, yeah. So, you know, I had a hard time getting here to work today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They had to get um, the plows out to make room for the pollen because <laughs> it was it's like four so feet deep bad. in my house. Uh, it's really bad. <laughs> Please rain. Please rain. I have a white car. Um, it's yellow. Right it's not now. supposed to rain. I don't know. It's cloudy. I'm hoping. Or it might just be the pollen clouds. Um, no, well, someone, I think it was like Lowndes EMA or something, mm-hmm. was talking about uh, dry, windy conditions, so don't burn anything because oh. you'll burn down the town. Yeah, no, it's just cloudy. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's supposed to rain for like a week or something. Saturday it shows. This is what this is riveting right here. Yeah, it shows Saturday a forty percent chance. So yeah, but we'll we'll be able to come back and go. When did it actually rain? <laughs> Yeah, we can follow up and go, let's see how, how good it was, how good it was. Um, yeah, the Journey Weekend was really good. So this was our second year of doing this, and mm-hmm. last year was great too, but I really, I just felt the, I think last year we tried to rush through a lot of material, um, and this year we have kind of parsed it out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we if I mentioned this before, but what we've done now is we've set it up into like a three-year I don't know if um, we... I know we've talked about it as a staff. I don't know if we've ever Mm -hmm. actually publicly talked about it. Yeah, so there's a couple of things we'll definitely talk about every year. Um, But we've set it on a three-year rotation now so that if a a fifth grader goes one year, then the next year that there will be some things they'll talk about again. Then then there'll be other aspects that they'll go more in-depth into. Yeah. um, And and then the the seventh grade year. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So it it was good because I feel like we had more um, room. Mm-hmm. And um, I also worked this year on some, so we used the journey book that I that I put together right. last, last year, year yeah. and then I put together like a supplement to help our leaders with, you know, just different, you know, just ideas and, and um, some scripture and stuff to help them as they're leading conversation. So, oh, okay. so I felt like it was um, just a little more full as far as the depth of conversation and um, and everything. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Was yeah, good. I enjoyed being a part of it and, and I got to fill in for a group and, and uh for this time and not because Drew had to go do something. Mm-hmm. And uh I enjoyed it so much I already talked to you and Kristen <laughs> about like, leading a group next we year. We were like, uh yeah. And maybe even giving a talk, who knows? Yeah, hey, that'll be great. Yeah. So but it was really good and, and the most exciting part about it is just to see students 
having a depth to their so yes there was a depth to the weekend but the depth to the weekend is really attached to the fact that you see students who are having taking on a depth to their faith mm-hmm. um, and some recommitments to Christ and some some first time commitments we have some baptisms this weekend yes I'm excited about um, and yeah I just and just to hear you know these conversations that the students are having is really good yeah, yeah. and instead of it being more like a uh, class about the church it's more about mm-hmm. a Christianity 101 it's mm-hmm. more about faith mm-hmm. learning more about your faith as opposed to learning more about the entity that the faith lives in <laughs> yeah that's very very true yeah yeah so um much less yeah i think i mean we mentioned john wesley like once or twice but yeah. you know that was we didn't. and and that's important because that is the lens we use to view our faith mm-hmm. actually i mentioned john wesley in my sermon on sunday so maybe i did a little bit you did i did in the almost yeah, all together because Christian. you had to yeah. explain that and then Kristen <clears throat> mentioned him in her talk too. yeah yeah Mm-hmm. So it was good. And it was I th- good. and outside of mentioning of John Wesley and and Drew talking about the Apostles Creed, that was the only talks that or that was the only references that were using something other than the Bible. Mm-hmm. In the whole Yeah. Yeah. Shebang. Yeah. Yeah. The way it should be. Mm-hmm. The way it should be. The the at, emphasis on And the things. Apostles' Creed is pretty close. Yeah, yeah. And not not saying that the some of the traditions of the church are not Amazing. I mean, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, these are fantastic. Um, uh, but yeah, Scripture, but, primary. But yeah. it, And see, for me, it goes, why do they need to learn about the church until they have a grasp on their faith? <laughs> you know? You mean it's not important to know who the bishop and the district superintendents are and, it do, it and all those things? <laughs> like, well, even, even to the point of going into denominational decisions on the way they interpret certain scriptures you mm, know yeah like they need to understand their faith before they can even yeah before that go, stuff should even matter yeah. matter yep very true very true like not even talking about structure just the way that different denominations yeah. interpret like, things we believe this and the other people don't and so therefore and i mean that, we've had those conversations here yeah. but that's not but that doesn't matter it's not the when, purpose of the journey well, weekend yeah when when you're laying out faith 101 mm-hmm. that stuff doesn't matter yep that's and very true especially with young students like that learning denominational differences and um church structure mm-hmm. should never enter into like a young student yeah yeah teaching because that doesn't matter to no, them it doesn't it doesn't and this is more of on like, probably a, a a selfish um uh, um topic here um but one of the things i liked about or i I enjoy about the journey weekend about vbs about mission week about any of those things is because i have an opportunity to get to know these students in a way where i don't on a Mm. regular basis because i don't have the face time with them like justin does with the high school students or Kristen does with them and so i get to like spend time and i i really enjoy it I and, really, really enjoy it. And I know I've said this on this podcast, and I know I've said it to your face, but I've probably said it 10, 10 times more to other people than I do to your face. No. Uh, how important it is <laughs> that a lead pastor mm. cares about students and kids, because I've seen examples, more examples of the opposite of this than, mm. than seeing the example you lead by, of like everyone matters from zero to 99. Mm-hmm. And you live into that 
probably better than any other uh-huh. lead pastor I've seen. Well, thank you. Thank you. And, I mean, there is picture upon picture of you interacting with kids and being as big as fool as them sometimes. <laughs> well, I mean. And, but you relate to them on their level. That, and, that's about where my maturity is, so, yeah. But it means a, it, it means a lot because what, what I see ver- and what I've experienced is the lead pastor is on a is on a different level than yeah. a kid mm. and and there is a barrier between like kids and the lead pastor you don't go to them mm. yeah like they're they're unapproachable and from what i see with you that is not the case and i know it's not well, but I it's it's that. visual and and i i know we've talked about it in our community group several times about how important you 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 view our kids and students well, I, th- I do, and thank you for saying that. And that's, um, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's just, it's just how it is. I, yep. I believe it is, it's important. And, and yeah. I mean, Jesus did the same thing. So, I mean, you're, <laughs> wow, okay, well, you're, you're living you in go. a, you're following those, you're following a good all example. Day long, all day long. Well, um, <clears throat> so here's where I want to shift gears and, and talk about today. It's not much of a gear shift, honestly, because we're talking about Jesus. Um, but, you know, we talked in episode 117, I believe, about the the, the revival, the outpouring, the awakening. You At know, Asbury. Asbury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And wonderful experience, not not going to be like, okay, let's, let's review it or anything like that. Um, but most definitely, and this is, this is where you know, this is the fruit of an experience or a moment in time like the Asbury awakening was, is that what you see is a desire in people's hearts to continue not not continue in a in necessarily the i'm going to stand and worship for you know the next eight days but like to have a a, again talking about depth to have a Mm -hmm. depth to Mm -hmm. the faith to have something that's solid and and that's growing and that's alive and so that word awakening and here we are in lent and here we are leading up to Easter, and it, this is that time of, I mean, that's what Easter is about. It's about an awakening. It's mm-hmm. about that, you know, from death to life. Um, and so I wanted to, I was reading something uh, from J.D. Walt, who is the, the seedbed um, guy, and I've shared a couple things yeah. recently about that. And he's very connected with, with Asbury, and used to be there at Asbury, now has Seedbed, but, um, and they just do a lot of equipping and, and um, encouragement to pastors and, and leaders and things like that. Um, so I was reading about that, and so I wanted to look today at, first, about a passage in Mark, as we're kind of in this Lenten season, um, and look at kind of the beginning of, or the, the forerunner to Jesus' ministry, which was John the Baptist. Right. Um, and talk about awakening today, and and what what do you see, and what's going on in people's lives, and what what does it look like in our life? So, um, I'm going to share Mark chapter one, verse two through six, real quick. Um, it says, as it, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. See, see, Josh, we can't, you can't really talk about awakening without talking about confession and repentance. Mm. They are not, they are not, in, they are inseparable. Correct. 
And a lot of people, I don't know if we stop and, and check that. Um, mm. when, we, when you talk about revival, is there a whole lot of conversation about confession and repentance? Mm. And, and for me, what I have seen and I see as the fruit of what transpired at Asbury and has kind of now trickled down, went out to campuses, mm-hmm. other campuses and, and churches and ministries and things like that, is the high, high, high importance of coming before the Lord in, in confession and repentance. Mm-hmm. And you talked about that in your uh, Ash Wednesday message. Yes, yes. So John the Baptist does this. So I'm going to continue uh, reading this. Um, it says, um, John appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And here's the response of the people. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him confessing their sins they were baptized by him in the jordan river john wore clothes and then it describes john he's a little crazy looking john wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey so he obviously was different than those Mm -hmm. around him Mm -hmm. or there's no reason for mark to even highlight how john looked or what he wore what he ate but the response of the people is here is a there's a he was preaching baptism for the of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Okay. Now, now the people that he was preaching to, they understood the concept of forgiveness mm-hmm. and, um, what it meant to seek forgiveness. So it wasn't like un- only until Jesus, we understood this. They yeah. knew this, but it was in the form of a sacrifice. Yeah. His was come out here and yeah, hear this his, and be baptized. His was different. Yeah. So it was beginning to be it different. Was beginning. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and that's why it was, uh, so interesting that the start of Jesus' ministry starts with his baptism. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. <laughs> Which, you know, you go into the whole thing of, well, did he need to be baptized? No. No. But. But he's leading by example. Exactly. And exactly. there's so much um, uh, significance in the fact that he did that as opposed to what a normal priest of the day would do to show oh, the start yeah. of their yeah. Uh, ministry. Oh, yeah, if, for sure. Well, they wouldn't yeah. call it a ministry. Yeah. They'd do whatever they yeah. call it. So what you find, this to me is interesting, is here we're reading a gospel account from Mark. And what you find, though, the first thing in this is that first thing he does is he goes back to Isaiah and quotes a passage from Isaiah, a prophetic passage from mm-hmm. the book of Isaiah. So all the way back in Isaiah, the Holy Spirit then is weaving this this um, intricate plot line yeah. of here, this is how this is going to go. Like the, I'm, I'm at work here. And this is the fruition of that. Yes. Yeah. And so, I mean, and you go all the way, of course, back to the, you know, creation and, and, and then in the, you know, the new creation, the final consummation of the new creation, you have this. I mean, so you can go like Adam to Abraham and Eve to Elijah and Isaac to Isaiah and Sarah and Solomon, all that on go and go and go. The gospel, it comes in this way of the Holy Spirit, just inviting us to, to enter into this story. Like God has been at work from the very beginning, mm-hmm. and and we're so I keep thinking about that video we showed and the journey weekend from the Bible Project on eternal life. Yep. So if you want to see, a, I think it's like a five minute 
mm-hmm. clip. Um, it's thebibleproject.com, and you, you can, can find it on, on YouTube. Themes. Yeah, and Eternal Life, a lot, all their stuff is great. Yep. But I showed this one in particular because the topic I was speaking on was salvation, which is about you know life eternal, being saved from our sins, and then kind of stepping into that life eternal. And I loved the imagery of of the timelines that that they talks about mm-hmm. um so when i think about that i think about this as far as the work has been going on forever and ever you know we sometimes i think very um foolishly assume that oh god's doing a brand new thing and and yes i mean scripture talks about god doing a brand new thing but but it's also the same thing he's been doing over and over again it's i think it's brand new to us yes um the work that God's been doing has been the same work. It's new to us because we haven't seen it before. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, yeah. no, I mean, that that is a perfect example is like God's done this thing already, but he's just now allowing us to see. We're a part. Yeah. 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 Um, like our timeline is intersecting with. Yeah. It's, it's almost, you know, like they take, <laughs> they talk about the veil being like every Southern preacher talks <laughs> about the veil being lifted from yeah. their eyes. This is yeah. kind of like, I don't know if you call it that, but letting us see a glimpse of sure. what he's doing. Yeah. Because most of it happens behind to us behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Because yep. we can't handle what's going on. Right. But right. but then every once in a while he'll just like crack it open and just a little mm-hmm. bit for us to see and go, Yep. Yeah. And then you think about this, like <laughs> and and maybe this is more difficult for us to grasp as new covenant people, um, is that what God was doing through Isaiah and in the Old Testament, it was like a drop-in. Not that the Holy Spirit wasn't present and hovering, but the way he interacted with his people, Pentecost changed that. Mm-hmm. Like the presence of the Holy Spirit, as you and I know it, is different than what the prophet Isaiah um, experienced. Um where it's like now it's made available to all through what God has done through Jesus Christ for mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, we're invited into this story. We, we are part of this in a way that's different. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we need to, you know, I don't know if, how, how well we communicated this to our students, but um, I know I even talked about a little bit in our Ash Wednesday service, is for us not to be spectators to what God is doing. And and whether that's during a, air quotes, revival, or just going to work. Mm. Like, yeah. we, we, we don't need to be a spectator. Like, God is inviting us to, to be a in this like yeah we're a student of it we're not a professional in this we're we're going to be a student of of our faith until you know we are in glory yeah um but but we shouldn't be an outside observer and and so this is a an invitation that we're we're asked to be a part of through the holy spirit and what god is doing and here's okay so here's the deal the word of god comes in the wilderness we know that I'm just looking here at the Mark text. Um, ever since the exile from Eden, that's been the story. No matter how much we, we try to you know make it sound better, um, underneath it all, we're, we've been in a fallen world. You know, mm-hmm, there's that mm-hmm. wilderness experience. And, and a lot of times it takes the stripping away of everything that is important to us. 
I mean, how many wilderness experiences do we see where God speaks and moves? I mean, all over the place. Yeah. Those 40 years they wandered when Jesus went and spent 40 days. I mean, you know, that's where John the Baptist was, was out there doing his ministry. I mean, the wilderness, I think it's, it's a very good visual example of everything that you think is important. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. It's just me and you, God says. It's mm-hmm. just me and you. Um, and so, you know, there are these conditions that I, that I see where the spirit of God kind of creates this is like, all right, I'm going to show you the path of my way. Mm-hmm. And if we are honest with ourselves, when we see, you know, we talked with our students about the narrow path, the narrow gate, the wide gate and the narrow gate, you can choose one or the other. Um, the wide gate is the one that everyone thinks, I'm just going to go this way and get there, but it's the narrow path, the narrow gate. That's the way to, to, that's the true path we're to be on. It's not going to be easy, but that's the way. Um, and so you think about that and go, okay, here's the path we should be on. When we start to walk that path, what happens is hopefully is we start to look around and go, oh, I don't, I don't need this for my journey. I don't mm-hmm. need this. I don't need that. I don't need this. And it's going to be different for everybody. But there is like this holy discontent that should start to stir up within us. Mm-hmm. So when I think about the fruit um, or the results of something like an awakening that happens in our life, yes, we should be overwhelmed with a sense of dropping to our knees and confessing and repenting and coming before the Lord and declaring him to be primary in our life. And then when we get up and start to take some steps on that path, that's when I think we should have a discontent stirring up within us going, oh, yeah, there's some things that I've been tolerating or entertaining that I don't need to be doing anymore mm. or that I need to let go of. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and so these these awakenings that happen, whether you talk about like historically or just in your own life we need to respond to the holy spirit's movement to to be on that path to make a straight path i mean that's what that's what mark says it's like a voice of one calling in the wilderness prepare the way for the lord make straight paths for him like make the way available show like it will be there um and so now another thing that this this uh passage mentions is that is what was the message that john the baptist was preaching and he was preaching a baptism of repentance, a baptism of repentance. Now, again, I know I, you and I have talked about this at some point somewhere. Um, baptism was not a new concept either. Really? No. Yeah. People were being baptized for different reasons and had been for a long time. Mm. Um, and so this, the idea of a baptism was not strange. Mm. So when he mentions a baptism of repentance, it wasn't even a new concept but Jesus was going to make it a new concept, mm. you know, kind of like the Passover meal was the Passover meal. Like but then he changed it. delineating baptism and believer's baptism, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because even so, uh, you know, whenever I can't remember the exact location, but it's like, whose baptism did you receive? Well, I received John. Oh, you're right. Oh, yeah. Well, now you need this. I, I never even so, thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. So this idea of, of getting your life right yeah, you know, it's not and being a new cleansed con- was not, not a, a new concept. concept. Yeah, right. Um, but it does a baptism of repentance, though. Though we might not go, okay, I'm going to be baptized for repentance. I'm going to be baptized because I believe. 
it the what is it about? It's about repentance. Right. Right. So and it's it about does old creature going in, yes, new creature coming out. Right. That clean slate, a mm-hmm. fresh start, right, new beginning, all that. And it and it is a decisive moment and it holds this possibility of okay, God, I'm gonna let you move I'm gonna let you work in this. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, to to repent means we we realign ourselves with with God's story again. Yeah, that God's that will, story yeah. that He's been writing and mm-hmm. and weaving throughout. Um, you know, it's that kind of you know recalibrating. Yeah. You know, what what we're doing. Um, and so now this is the one thing I think is important for us to consider is that the repentance, the baptism, the baptism air quotes I'm doing of repentance. It comes um, often, it isn't the repentance that comes before deciding to follow Jesus sometimes. Yeah. But it's often the repentance that comes after. Mm. Um, You know, I had what I would call like definitely a couple of months of like a spiritual high after becoming a believer as a young adult. Yeah. Because it was such a drastic change. change. But then I became acutely aware of of my sin and the, and the repercussions of my sins. And not that, yeah, I had some like massive consequences weighing before me that I had to deal with, but. But like the Holy Spirit making yeah, you aware. Yeah. And, and that was like, whoa. Whereas before that, yeah. that wasn't even yeah. like a part of your being. Mm-hmm, right. So it's like, I think, you know, you repent of what you are able to comprehend in that moment of salvation. You know, you mm-hmm. confess. Yeah. But then I, you know, most definitely I think there's a time of further confession mm-hmm. that it's not like you've got to do more so that you can be forgive you can be forgiven more. But it's just the awareness of your sin, mm-hmm. the awareness of our faults, it makes us go, oh yeah, oh God, by the way, I forgot, yeah, you know, BT Dub, uh, this, <laughs> you, um, thank you for forgiving me. You said something in the Ash Wednesday service, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna be able to even quote it directly or even probably complete the thought. You might have to fill me in. But it's you were talking about confession just isn't a listing of things you've done wrong. It's more of, uh, and that's where it was a really good thought. And I was like, that's <laughs> awesome. And now I can't remember it. Um, let's look and see. I'm looking at, I'm pulling up my um, my stuff here to see what I got. But I, I think it was more about of having a mindset of confession and just like going, God, there's too many things to list. I I just give, give all of it to you and having more of a might and a heart heart set of confession as mm-hmm. as opposed to being analytical and going well I've lied three times <laughs> I thought about killing this person you know yeah. as opposed to doing that it was more of about a mindset and a heart heart set as opposed to a getting all these things checked off mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sitting here looking through here going where is this where is this you might have ad libbed it probably probably um, but it was so. really good well, thank you. I appreciate that too. <laughs> um, and and that's that's how we should, I think. Approach. I think that more natural approach to God here. You know, just even being able to name the things that we're sorry for is important. Yeah. But I also think that again, you know, God knows the condition of our heart. Yeah. So for me to go, I'm sorry, and see and that, him to know what you mean. <laughs> Because that's so big because I, like, I've even done this up to adulthood about, mm-hmm. like, having, going into a moment of, like, feeling like needing to confess and listing certain things and mm-hmm. then going, 
I know there's other things I can't yep. remember. Yep. Yep. Forgive me for those too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was, you know, vividly, I said almost those exact words when I sat in my room and said yes to God for the very first time. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, as I was apologizing, you know, it was like, and God, please, I, I'm so sorry for the things I don't even, I can't even recall right now, yeah. but I know yeah. I must confess them to you and or bring them. And sometimes it's like, I feel so bad for those certain things that I don't even like to speak to them. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. Like, I don't even want to give it that. True. Yeah. And I think, again, that God knows what's occurring there in your heart in that yeah. moment. And of course he hears that. So hopefully what we hear from this, what we're trying to put together here is like encapsulate this whole like what happens with a real awakening? Like what happens in in the life of a person? What happens in the life of the church? And it's not about an event or a moment or even like some a couple of dates you can put on a calendar. But it's like what is the work that God wants to do, and what does He do in the heart, in the life of someone or a or a community of people who are desperate for Him to move and who understand the message that John the Baptist preached, which was confession and repentance, um, to make a way for the Lord. I mean, that's, that's really it. Josh is like, I need to confess and repent to make a way for the Lord in my life. Even as a believer, that's like, that's what we do. Like Mm -hmm. John's message still applies Mm -hmm. that we need to confess and repent to make a way for the Lord. And, and as we walk that path, as I talked about, as we walk that narrow path, there should be that holy discontent that we experience. And it is, it should be in this awareness of our need for Savior, our awareness of our brokenness, uh, awareness of how um, even our brokenness has broken other people. Mm. And, you know, it. You, th- you go, well, you try to think about that, but ultimately it goes to me. It's like mm. how... Is God going to be able to work with work out of you if you're so ashamed of the clutter mm. that you still have in your heart for and sure. life? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's almost like I like to make visual images in my head. So mm-hmm. it's almost like you got to give God room in your heart to work. So you got to <laughs> yeah. declutter your heart yeah. and your mind. Yeah. And you got to. And you got to do real forgiveness to where you can forgive mm. yourself to not have to, to put it out of your heart and mind permanently to the extent of you know the enemy's going to bring it back up if it's something that's <laughs> yeah. important like significant in your life mm-hmm. you know the it's never yeah. it could not be gone permanently but you've got to let go of it yeah we've got to be honest with ourselves and we've got to be honest with god and with other people and be like okay this is this is it and mm-hmm. i'm done with it you know that that's what confession is yeah that's what confession looks like because for me i I know I'm not the only one that struggled with this, but I have a microphone, so I can say it. Um, <laughs> yep. You know, I, I've struggled with, I can't be useful to God until I deal with this. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's... That's a lie that, from the enemy. And, and it is. But it, it it is also, you need to you need to enter that act of confession yes. to deal with it. Yeah, instead of going, oh, that's a lie from the enemy, you you do need to deal with whatever it is that brought that up. And then but, once you've done that, mm-hmm. you go, nope, that's a lie. I mean, God's yep. already taken care of that. Yep, that's right. But I have been afraid of entering that time of confession mm. and repentance of dealing with it, you know? You know, so with all of this, Josh, I think... So, again, going back to the whole awakening and, and, like, corporately, what does that look like? We've talked about individually, but when when enough of God's people reach that 
that threshold, that place of honesty about where they are, whether it's, you know, they're in a place of confession or they're in a place of repentance or confession and repentance. I mean, you could be mm-hmm. one or the other. And, or they're like, yes, I'm walking this path now, and I do have this holy discontent. There are things that are not okay that I need to give over and let, let them be gone. When enough of God's people start to have that, that's when you see a movement happen. Mm-hmm. That's when you see um, the, the, the air quote revival that a lot of people notice, but there's so much behind that. Yeah. Um, you know, so when people say I'm hungry for revival, you know, let's be honest, some people might just mean I want a really great night of worship. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. But the kind of revival or the kind of uh, renewal that that really is where the work is, is what you see John the Baptist telling the people to do, which is to come and and be and confess and repent and mm-hmm. prepare the way for God to move in your life. And to me, that is what this is all about is we need to be people who are preparing the way for the Lord to work in our lives today on this day, in this moment for our listeners right now, in this moment, as you're doing whatever you're doing, prepare the way for the Lord to work in your life right now. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think you just kind of delineated or differentiated what, um, a biblical revival looks like mm-hmm. and then what um i've been a part of man-made just yeah yeah and you would probably more classify that as a rededication um yeah yeah you know mm-hmm. because it's because i've never been a part of a revival that started with a sense of confession and repentance. And that's exactly that's all you see in the scriptures yeah that's all you see in the scriptures yeah. It, it's all about, like, mm-hmm. incredible—I mean, even tent revivals. Incredible worship, mm-hmm. powerful sure. message mm-hmm. that puts you on your knees. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Not necessarily to deal with what who who you were or what you've been doing, mm-hmm. but it's more about becoming who you're supposed to be, which I guess is, like, half of the equation. Yes. Cause like, you, you it have deals to with half mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's not the preparing yourself for it. It's just come to do it. Right. You know, right. that's what I'm used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, um, and this is probably the cynic in me or the pessimist or whatever, but I just think there's so many people, and I, you know, who, and I could throw myself in there too, is longing for a revival, longing for a sense of revival, longing for the re- emotion of revival in such a way that, but, but confession and repentance are not even on the table. Yeah. And it's like, what is that? That's just an, uh, I mean, it could be nice, but it just, it's how much of that is emotional versus spiritual mm-hmm. then, you know? And I mean, you look at, look at the text in Mark, um, that we started out with. I mean, people were coming in droves out there to hear the word of God and to hear about confession, about repentance, um, to be baptized, um, to have this way of, of repentance and, I think that is, if we're really honest with ourselves, I really do believe that is at the heart of, of a lot of us. We just don't want to get there. You mentioned many, like you don't even want to, it's like you don't want to peel back those layers. No, because it hurts. Yeah. It hurts and, and it's think, raw. Mm-hmm. And, and so when we talk about like revival or awakening, it, it, it begins honestly not so much with people who are lost, but it begins with people who are saved who are like, I need, I need a renewal, like my salvation, it's grown cold. Right. And so I need, um, 
I, I need this. I need to prepare the way for the Lord to work in my life right now, this moment. And I think when that happens among believers, then that's when others are drawn in. And that's when really you see that revival, that awakening start mm-hmm. to happen, like in a corporate sense mm-hmm. beyond the individual. Yeah, and I wonder, and I'm as you're talking, I'm just kind of piecing these these puzzle pieces in my head. And I wonder how many people were longing for revival, mm. but ended up in deconstruction. Oh, Oh yeah, that's a that's a whole other yeah. That's like that's like episode that should be episode one twenty. I mean, yeah, yeah, because they wanted something so much and it didn't come, and so yeah. they were just like, "Well, then, screw it." Yeah, and and there needs to be some. I mean, obviously, some personal ownership there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's not that the. I mean, I hate to say it, the church didn't fail them because. Well, that's another. That's, that's a, another. That would be episode one twenty one. Does the church fail people or do? you people fail people or yeah fallible well, people fail but, people. but what i'm getting at that is i think people are without literally screaming it they're screaming that they need revival oh yeah so even the people who are in the process of deconstruction as you say like are are that that is their, something uh, yeah that is they're going something isn't right in my spiritual life and i need something mm-hmm. but it it must not be this because it's not feeling what I mm. what, what I think is it should be feeling. yeah and and most uh, from what I can tell and the things I've read and seen uh, for those who are in that process or have deconstructed their faith um they're looking for certainty yeah they are looking for certainty and it's just amazing to me that they in the process of deconstructing their faith they are um Rejecting certainty. Rejecting the only thing that is certain. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if if instead of, like, when they started searching for that next, I don't know, the next thing that they were looking for in their faith, mm-hmm. because it's probably different for each person. Mm-hmm. But if they entered with a thought process of confession and repentance oh. first. Ooh. Yeah. And I mean that that's pure pure speculation. And with the fact knowing that I It's pretty factual though. I but know. <laughs> knowing my tendencies, yeah, yeah. It's never it's hardly ever been confession and repentance first. Yeah, and I don't yeah, I don't say that that you're actu- that you are factual because I'm judging others. It's because I know my own heart. Yeah, and I'm and I'm viewing it from my own yeah. heart too. It's yeah. like I know I've walked away from the Bible mm-hmm. like unsatisfied. Mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. and it would and after hearing the, the roman series and your ash wednesday message which was v- very i wish i'd recorded it because it was it i listened to it very intently actually um i have gone to god looking for answers without dealing with stuff mm. in my life first mm-hmm. especially with kind of some of the things that are going on with me right now mm-hmm. i was like Fix it, God. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not ready to deal with what I'm got going on. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to confess or repent. I just need you to take care of it mm. and walk away unsatisfied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it it's where I'm at. You know, it's it's very easy to see where people that don't deal with the stuff before they go to God can walk away unsatisfied. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I can see someone screaming for a revival, but not coming about it in yes. the right way, mm-hmm. walking away 
disillusioned. Yeah, and the formula in Scripture over and over and over again is coming before the Lord in confession and repentance and then with an, a need, an expectation, a desire, a, you know, pleading for him to move, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and again, how he moves and what he does is different for, you know, it, why people want him to show up or speak to them or you know, answer prayers. or It's different for a lot of people, but it's still this desperation of, I need God. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, and he's a loving father, and there's no doubt that God has moved in spite of, of people because we are still fallible people. We still mess up, mm-hmm. um, even as believers. So he still moves in spite of, of us mostly but sometimes Um, he's gonna make you make that step right well his desire though is for us to confess and repent and Mm -hmm. that's just got to boil the whole thing down this episode it's we need to be people who are confessing and repenting of our sin um and drawing closer to the lord and because i think when we do confess and repent he draws near to us Mm -hmm. without Mm -hmm. a doubt yep that's his desire so Wow, we solved all that. I mean, <laughs> I think we created more episodes than we <laughs> we have. We have for sure. We have for sure. Um, we have several, a couple things coming up. I mean, it's that time of year. There's a lot of things happening. Um, oh yeah. Well, you know, we keep saying that time of year it's coming up, and it's the, always this. It's another time of the year. January is the only time <laughs> it's not that time of year. That's right. Apparently, that's right, right. But if you're listening to this on uh, the day that this this episode airs um, in the morning, which would be March uh, second, yeah, tonight is the men's oh, ministry. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Men's ministry. So mm-hmm. six o'clock in the auditorium. Pastor Justin's going to be speaking. Uh, the grill team is going to be cooking some hamburgers and hot dogs. It's going to be a fun time. Invite your bros. <laughs> I liked that in the thing. <laughs> Invite your bros. Um, it, if there is an for me, it was when when I was a young adult. It was always like young adults are under served in the church, mm-hmm. and for me as an adult male, you feel like the dudes are underserving. Oh, oh, Snapdragon! Yeah, underserving. Yeah, I, I, mean, I feel I that. Know. I feel that completely, uh, and it's partially because of the way I grew up. Is I can count multiple. Uh, godly women that had influence on my life Mm -hmm. i can probably count one or two godly men that had influence on my Mm, life yeah so i feel like godly men are underserving in the church and we need to step up Mm. not because of anyone's doing what we're supposed to be doing it's no one's doing what we're supposed to be doing well and i love the uh, this is what i love about the, the 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 genesis of our of this men's ministry is that um to me, it's not a, hey, we're going to immediately do X, Y, and Z. It's, hey, we're going to get together. Mm-hmm. Because the the uh, talking about formulas like we've been today, you know, a lot of the people for this journey weekend who came along and served, um, like uh, meals and stuff like that, came out of the community groups. Yep. And it's like when you spend time in community, one, you grow relationships, and in that, then you you do have a collective sense of, we can do this together. Mm-hmm. And so I think the opportunity to net, then look outward and go, what can we do? How can we do it? What can we do in within our church? What can we do within our community mm-hmm. um, to serve others in the name of Jesus? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I think that's that's really a yeah. good point you made. And talking with Tim Feathers, I mean, it's really about growing closer to God as an individual mm-hmm. than growing closer to God as a community mm-hmm. of adult. And this is the and I'm talking about adult man male males because that's what the men's ministry is. Mm-hmm. And that because if you don't grow closer to God individually and you don't go grow closer to God as a community, that there won't be any godly fruit to come out of that yeah. community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, who cares if we could go build a habitat house in a week and a half mm-hmm. if there's not a community that co- that is attached to it because it's a one and done kind of right, thing, right? Right, and it's starting over every single time, mm-hmm. and that tends to be the tendency of adult male ministries. Yeah, yeah, is to go and go do, do one big do. thing, mm-hmm. and then post a lot of pictures and say we've done it, and then and not then do have like anything a, for a pheasant two. meat hunters fest. Yeah, you know, and then and not then do anything it. for three yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, so. So, yeah, we have the men's ministry um, uh, Thursday, March 2nd at 6 o'clock here at, at the porch. And then next week, I wanted to mention this now because I, I believe this is a wonderful opportunity. Um, on Friday, March 10th. Oh, um, well, before we talk about March 10th, oh, sure. let's talk about Sunday. Sunday. Oh, yeah. Be- because if you're listening to this... <laughs> And oh yeah, you, that other thing. <laughs> you're on the bubble about baptism or partnering in ministry. Mm-hmm. This Sunday is the Sunday for you to just take the plunge. Hey, literally. Literally, or on stage. Don't plunge on the stage. <laughs> it's carpet. You'll have carpet burn. Yeah, um, you can contact me, Shannon, at theporchcc.com, and let me know if you're interested in baptism or partnering in ministry. Now, this weekend, the 5th, is not the only time you can do it, but, but we are if, celebrating it, and it's a great opportunity. And if you're one of those people that yep. doesn't want to do it by yourself, this, this is, is the week to, yeah, to do it. For sure, for sure. So, yeah, that'll be uh, Sunday, March 5th. Um, and then next Friday night, uh, March 10th, is uh, there's an organization in our community which uh, it's it's wonderful it's united to prevent and and they deal with mental health issues yep. and suicide and those things and they're bringing in former UGA football player NFL player uh, Trey Battle mm-hmm. who's going to share his testimony and what he has has experienced in his life and his walk um, as a believer um, his battle with mental health and um and so we're hosting that. So that'll be at um, 6.30 on March 10th. Doors open at 6.30. Event oh, starts at 7. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's a wonderful opportunity. Free. Be here. Yeah. A uh, little worship and, and hear an encouraging message. So. Yep. Um, and then, the, yeah, there's other things. But, yeah, Easter's coming. Easter's <laughs> coming. Uh, yeah, we got a couple so- weeks. If you have a middle school or high school student, yes. uh, mission trip signups are out, so be on the look for those on our, up this morning. on our church website. Mm-hmm. Um, click on the events tab. You'll see both of those. Um, this isn't summer camp. Like, you're not sending the kids to just be away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're serving. This is, serving. This, is, this will be a time of growth. It will be. It will be. We. Um, I've always appreciated the... the um, the really good balance that we are we intentionally put into our mission weeks whether we go or stay mm-hmm. um of serving others and um growing as a as an individual and as a group um mm-hmm. the the depth that that is important there so so yeah well uh i think we've hit everyone with enough info for today yeah maybe it's just my brain has done it so uh, my I'm, brain's I'm fried so. so uh thank you josh for what you do um Listeners, thank you for being a part of this. 
And we look forward to seeing you someday and talking to you again next week. We'll see you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.